Good morning, Destiny Church. We are in our second week of our series called Naturally Supernatural. Uh, Josiah did a great job last week starting off the series. And today, uh, we want to talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit. This series is all about how we can see the supernatural happen in our lives, but living in a natural way where uh, people are drawn to the way that we live our lives, where it's not a weird, spooky, um, crazy way, but of a natural way of life where we're rubbing shoulders with people that don't know Jesus, but we live in a supernatural way that draws people towards him. And so um, starting off, I want to tell a story of, uh, I had this friend who was a notorious liar, but uh, when you're a kid, you don't, you don't really have that discernment. You just think that every story is crazy and that your life may not be that cool. But uh, it, it was his birthday party, and um, this kid lived out near Ball's Bluff, which if you didn't know, is a, uh, it's, it's, it was a battleground in the Civil War. And so my friend, he, he tells his story, you know, all, all of us friends were about to, you know, go to sleep, and he, he tells the story. He said, yeah, one time I was out near, the, near one of these fields, and I look, and I see this kid, and he's in colonial garb. And I walk up to him, and he's just staring straight ahead. And, and I said, what are you doing? And the kid looked at me. He said, I'm watching the Revolutionary War. And then, and then my friend goes, I mean, I don't know if he was a ghost or something, but it's pretty crazy. And everyone's like, whoa, that's insane. And I remember sitting there, like, going to sleep just with my eyes wide open, like, oh, my gosh, it's like a ghost going to show up right now. And now that I'm older, I realize that Ball's Bluff wasn't even in the Revolutionary War. Uh, it was in the Civil War, so it wasn't even true. It was a total lie. But I remember being so spooked by the, the fact of this, this ghost, you know, and um, I think it's the same thing when it comes to, we call it the Holy Ghost. And I think sometimes we get so spooked out, and we get so scared, and, and it's sort of freaky when we think of the Holy Spirit sometimes. Um, you know, we hear this thing of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And you might even be sitting in your home right now, and when I say that, it might bring something up in your mind where you're kind of like, ugh, I don't really want to talk about that because we— we associate it with something that's spooky or weird or strange. I remember I had uh, worked at this camp before, and they were talking about how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when they talked about it, they were specifically talking about speaking in tongues. That's what they talked about when, it called, when they said being filled with the Holy Spirit. And they gave sort of a tutorial as to how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And they said to relax your jaw and Make sure that the gum was out of your mouth. And, um, which I thought was kind of funny because I think if the Holy Spirit wants to move, he's probably strong enough to do it past the gum that's in your mouth. Um, but this, this guy came up and, and started praying for me and, um, and he just started screaming fire. And he's just like, fire, fire, fire. And I, I could smell like the, the smoke from his breath because I think he was a smoker. But um, I just, I didn't feel anything. And I remember thinking like, maybe is this what being filled with the Holy Spirit is? Because I don't want anything to do with it. And a lot of you may be sitting here today and you're thinking that that's sort of the experience that you've had. It's this spooky, weird, strange thing where you're like, I don't even want to, if that's what it's about, I, I'm not that interested. And 
what I want to tell you today is that being filled with the Holy Spirit is for every believer, but it may not be what you think it is. And I firmly believe that God wants to work in your life. The Holy Spirit wants to work in an incredible way in your life. And I want to, want to talk about this and, and for us to realize what it really means to be filled with the Holy Spirit and then decide what do we need to do now that we know that we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So um, the very first thing is, is what does it look like to be somebody that's filled with the Holy Spirit? What does that look like? I think it's somebody that, that has so much joy that a person is magnetically drawn to them. I think it's someone that has so much peace that people question what it is about their life that makes them so stable. I think it's somebody that sees healing both emotionally and physically in the people that they encounter. I think it's a care and compassion for somebody that's supernatural. I think it's seeing miracles happen on a consistent basis because of the faith that we have. There's multiple ways that, that we see people being filled with the Holy Spirit. But it is extremely important for us to not settle for something less than being filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes when it comes to the Holy Spirit, I think that we treat God like he has three separate parts. And if we miss out on the Holy Spirit, it's not that big of a deal. That it's sort of an optional thing. It's a, well, the Holy Spirit's kind of weird. I don't really understand it, so I'm not even going to think about that. I'm going to focus on God the Father and Jesus. And, um, you know, it kind of reminds me of um, when I was younger, I went to a Hanson concert. Uh, they, they sang uh, the, the hit Mbop, uh, a very, um, it's, a, it's a classic. However, I went to this Hanson concert. It was for my sisters, so stop judging me. But it was three brothers. It was Zach, Taylor, and Isaac. And I remember the three brothers um, of the two, Zach and Taylor, were the ones that everybody went crazy for. And Isaac was the older brother that was musically talented, but wasn't as, people didn't view him as, as, as important. So I remember before this concert started, there were these barricades and you could, you know, they had all the trailers where all of the, the musicians were. And um, I remember like Zach, the youngest one, rode by on a, on a Razor scooter, which that's like the most 90s thing ever. Um, and he rode by on a Razor scooter and everyone went nuts. They're just like, yes! And then, um, you know, people saw Taylor, the, the middle one, and girls are like sobbing, crying, and you're just like, what is going on? And then like Isaac walked by and people were like, oh, hey, it's pretty cool. And he just kind of waved to everybody. And um, it was one of those things where it's like the, the two were like so important. And then the third, it was kind of like, eh, like that's kind of cool. Um, you know, in the 90s, there were a lot of boy bands where like NSYNC, Justin Timberlake was like the big one, but people didn't really care about Joey Fatone and there are a lot of dynamics like that that I think we view God in that way where there's three separate people. There's God the Father, Jesus, and then the Holy Spirit, and we focus on these two, and the Holy Spirit's kind of off to the side. It's like, ah, yeah, he's part of the group, but he's not as important. I'm, we, we don't, we're not as concerned with connecting with the Holy Spirit. And what I want you to know is that when it comes to God, um, God isn't one-third this, one-third that, one-third that. And if you miss out on one, then you get, you know, 66% of God. Which, yeah, that's good. That's the majority of it. The, the Trinity is something that is so hard to understand. And it's, it's literally in a different dimension. We would never be able to understand it here on earth. But the, 
the best way that I can, the best analogy that I've heard is, you know, you think of a compound, you think of chemistry, you think of a compound uh, with three different elements. So off the top of my head, glucose um, is made of carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. Three separate elements that come together, to, that come together to form glucose. But if you were to take out oxygen, it's not glucose anymore. The carbon, hydrogen, oxygen all have to be working together to form glucose. And you take one of them out, you don't have glucose. You have something else. And so when it comes to the Holy Spirit, if you are to remove him from the equation, then that's not, it's not God. If you're just like, hey, I'm just going to focus on Jesus and the Father, then you're completely missing out on God. That's like if you were to say, hey, I'm going to focus on God the Father and the Holy Spirit, but eh, I don't really care about Jesus. I'm not really going to focus on that because it's kind of weird. I think if we want to fully pursue God, we have to be very passionate about all parts of, of God, including the Holy Spirit, and sort of demystifying this, this um, idea of being filled by the Holy Spirit because it's an instruction from God himself, and it's, and it's how we connect with, with, with the gift that Jesus said that he, that he left us. And so, if you're a believer today, you have received the Holy Spirit. You have access to the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit. However, there is a big difference between receiving the Holy Spirit and being filled by the Holy Spirit. I saw an analogy of, of chocolate milk. You know, you think of, you have the milk and you pour in the chocolate syrup. Or some of you guys remember Nesquik, you know, you'd pour it in there. And um, there was a stage where there was the milk and then the chocolate was all at the bottom. And, and I would say that that, that, chocolate, uh, that chocolate milk is not filled with the chocolate until it gets stirred up, you know. And, and, and then the, the taste changes, and the flavor changes. And it's the same thing in the believer's life. If we live our lives just receiving the Holy Spirit, but not being filled by the Holy Spirit, then we're missing out on a power and a purpose that God has for our lives. So, um, you know, we have this thing where we get freaked out by the Holy Spirit. And we kind of, we're not sure um, what it means to be filled by the Holy Spirit. So we're going to take a look at what it means to truly be filled by the Spirit and how we can be naturally supernatural in this. So um, we're going to take a look at some different passages here. But um, the very first thing that we need to realize is that there are two different Greek words when we're talking about being filled with the Spirit um, in these passages. The first is pemplame, and the second is pleres. And so with these two, there's two kind of different things that we need to look at when it comes to being filled with the Holy Spirit. The very first one we're going to take a look at is uh, pemplame. And, and in this, so, so in this um, story— um, we have Peter, which if you remember Peter, he, he was the one that denied Christ three times. Um, you know, he, Jesus said, you're going to deny me three times. And before the crucifixion, Peter had denied him three times. It was the opposite of boldness. It was, it was cowardly. And, and that's what makes this story even more amazing. So we're in Acts 4 and, and we see the disciples, they, they come across this man that is, um, 
that they, that they heal. And they have um, them in front of the Sanhedrin. And the Sanhedrin is asking them, hey, who's a, by whose authority did you heal this man? Because everybody's going crazy and, and, and just thinking, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So they're saying, by whose authority did you heal this man? So we see Peter with an opportunity to deny Christ again. He can say, oh, I, I don't know. It, was, it just happened or um, by the authority of, of the government or he has an opportunity to deny Christ again. And it says this in Acts 4, 7 through 10. After they had Peter and John stand before them, they began to question them, by what power or in what name have you done this? And it says, then Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, Pamplame, was filled with the Holy Spirit and said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today about a good deed done to a disabled man, by what means uh, he was healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified and whom God raised from the dead, by, his, by him this man is standing before you healthy. So Peter all of a sudden is filled with the Holy Spirit and has this boldness that we've never seen before in Peter. Um, the, the Bible later, uh, the passage later says that when they see the boldness of these men, they take note that they'd been with Jesus. So we see Peter who by his own strength is this cowardly man who, who denies Christ. But then he's filled with the Holy Spirit. Pamplame. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden he has this boldness to just lay out the gospel and say, it is by the name of Jesus Christ himself that we have healed this man. Being filled with the Holy Spirit in this way is a supernatural ability to do something um, that, that you in your own strength was, would not be able to do. That you in your own strength cannot do. So I want to ask you today, have you been living life by your own strength? Think about that. Have you been living life by your own strength? Or I'll put it another way. How much of your life is explainable? How much of your life is explainable? Because here's the thing. If you are not living a life where you're filled by the Holy Spirit, you'll be one of two things. Number one is you'll be completely overwhelmed. If you're not living life being filled with the Holy Spirit, you're completely overwhelmed. You cannot handle life under your own strength. So some of you have been having incredible anxiety that you just feel like you can't overcome. Crazy fear. Maybe a lot of anger just from everything piling up. That's the first thing. You feel completely overwhelmed. The second thing is if that's not it, then you feel completely under-challenged. Completely under-challenged. You've been living a life that is so explainable under your own power. And if we were to take your life and put it in the Bible, it wouldn't make sense because people are like, that doesn't take the Holy Spirit. That doesn't take God's power. And you're just, you're not challenging yourself. You're not doing things that, that require faith and the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and if we were to parallel your life with somebody that does not believe in Christ, 
there wouldn't be any difference. There is no reason that you have for the way you live your life to, to be completely dependent upon the Holy Spirit. So I want to challenge you today. If you're one of these two things where you either feel completely overwhelmed or completely under-challenged, I really, I challenge you to take this seriously today. To say maybe it's because I'm, I'm not living by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not, I'm not being filled by the Holy Spirit. This, this word, pamplame, um, it's the same word that in the crucifixion, um, you know, they, they, they get the sponge and they fill it with vinegar and they offer it to Jesus. It's that same word of, of a sponge being filled with something. And so this, this power of the Holy Spirit, this being filled with the Holy Spirit like this, we see where, where Peter's in a, in a time of, of tension, where he's being pressed and it's difficult and what happens when a sponge is, is pressed is whatever is consuming that sponge comes out. And so we see Peter being filled with the Holy Spirit. And when he's pressed and, and things get difficult, the Holy Spirit comes out. And people get to see this boldness and power and strength that they would not have been able to see if, it was, if he was living life by the power of himself. So for you, are you filled with the Holy Spirit in a way that if you needed to do something that was beyond your ability, that you'd be relying on the Holy Spirit or would you be completely overwhelmed? So that's the first, that's the first of two where we see these Greek words, pimplame, that's one where it's just this supernatural ability where it's this, this, there's something that needs to be done and there's just this filling of the Holy Spirit and it's just this, this spilling out of the Holy Spirit. And the second we see in Ephesians 5.18. In this passage it says, And don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled by the Spirit. This word, it's, it's from um, pleres. Here it's pleru, which means to fill or to diffuse throughout one's soul. To diffuse throughout one's soul. It's to be fulfilled by the Spirit. To have an everyday purpose, a constant filling. So before it was this, you have this one thing and it's just kind of this feat of strength. This other one is a day-to-day, minute-to-minute filling of the Holy Spirit. A diffusing of the Holy Spirit all throughout your life to where you have a fulfillment. You have a joy. You have a peace every single day. In the things that may seem monotonous the things that may seem like everyday life. Whenever you encounter people, whenever you talk to people, whenever you have conversations with people, it's this constant filling of the Holy Spirit to where your everyday life, you're not having to look for the next adventure or the next feat or the next, uh, the next paycheck, the next promotion, the next vacation, the next thing that will numb you. The next, you're no longer having to look for that other thing because you know what you are looking for resides inside of you. It's, a, it's, it's where you allow not just the Holy Spirit to, to reside in your heart, but to have life in your heart. And it's this continuous uh, action of being filled, being filled, being filled a fulfillment, a strength, a power every single day. 
You know, uh, I think it's really interesting in this passage because we see three things here when it comes to, you know, where, where Paul says, hey, listen, instead of being drunk by wine or alcohol, I want you to be just consumed, I want you to be fulfilled, or I want you to be filled by the Holy Spirit. And, and, and we see three things. One is that when it comes to the Holy Spirit, it's continuous. It's continuous. The verbiage here is, is a continuous filling. It's not a one-time event. It is a, every single day, you have to be filled by the Holy Spirit. So I wanna, what I want to challenge you with is that I, I, I want you to every single day this week to pray to God. Say, Holy Spirit, fill me today. Fill me. Let me be fulfilled by relationship with you, intimacy with you. Give me a strength. Give me a joy that can only be um, explained by your Holy Spirit. So it's continuous. The second thing is it's consuming. It's consuming. It says, no longer be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul gives a strange parallel here between being filled with the Holy Spirit and being drunk. And why does he do that? I think it's because it gives a parallel where if you're drunk, if you, you know, if you're intoxicated, think about it. It changes everything about you. Your speech is different. Your, your walk is different. The, the way that you handle situations is different. Your thought process is different. Everything about you changes when you're drunk, okay? And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, I believe that it, it, it's consuming. It changes everything about you. You talk different. You have a different walk about yourself. Your thought process changes. The way that you operate changes. When we are filled by the Holy Spirit, it changes everything. But I, I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes when I look at my life before like really dedicating my life to Christ, looking at my life now, sometimes I see gradual little changes, but there's times when I think, man, I have not allowed myself to be filled with the Holy Spirit in an all-consuming way. Sometimes I think there's not that much difference in my life. And it's not because God doesn't want to change me or is not willing to change me or that the Holy Spirit just can't be all-consuming. A lot of times there are just barriers that I put up where I don't want to just go all in and allow the Holy Spirit to be all-consuming of my life to where just like being drunk where I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and people are like, there is, he is living different now. I want to ask you is, do you feel the same way sometimes? So second is consuming. The third is curing. And when I say this, it's, it's you know, the picture of when somebody salts meat and it draws out all the moisture. Paul here gives a, 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 an analogy and the way he says it, it's, it's like instead of being drunk with wine or alcohol, instead of that, be filled by the Holy Spirit, which seems so weird. But I think when, when, when we get drunk, when there's, when there's intoxication, it's this sort of trying to escape your reality, trying to numb your life, trying to find joy in your life in some way. And, and what, what 
Paul is saying here is, listen, you don't need to do that anymore because you can be filled by the Holy Spirit. And I think it's saying that there is a purpose that is in your life when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Just like curing meat, putting salt on it, and it brings out that moisture, I think that there is life and passion and dreams inside of you that the Holy Spirit will bring out if you allow yourself to be filled by him. To not just be somebody that has just received the Holy Spirit, but is filled by the Holy Spirit. There are things inside of you that are just, that God just wants so bad for them to come out because he is the one that put them inside of you. And you're, you're the very best person that you can be, the, the very best follower of Christ that you can be, the most joy, the most, um, the most peace, the most love that you can ever live out is by allowing yourself to be filled by the Holy Spirit and seeing those things released. And all of a sudden, the things that you used to run to to try to escape life and to try to numb everything, all of a sudden, those aren't as appealing anymore because you're like, listen, I have found the reason I'm alive. All these things are coming to life in me. And I don't, I don't want to chase those things anymore because I don't need them to escape my reality because the reality is that God loves me and the Holy Spirit resides in me and I'm filled by the Holy Spirit. I'm experiencing life like I never have before. You know, we, we are in a time where we need the followers of Christ, to be filled by the Holy Spirit. With all the coronavirus, there is so much fear and anxiety and pain in the world. And we need the believers of Christ to be differentiated where we are filled by the Holy Spirit, where we live with a purpose and a passion and a love that other people look at and say, man, I, I need that right now. The world needs it. In Acts 13, 51 through 52, um, you know, in the book of Acts, it's, it's interesting because a lot of times when people are filled by, the, when it says the believers were filled by the Holy Spirit, it wasn't in the, in the easiest of circumstances. In this, there was this massive riot that was like, was, was threatening to just beat them to a pulp. And, and there were all these times where, where there were, they were in physical danger. And it says this, it says, but they shook off the dust from their feet against them and went to Iconium. And the, discipler, the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. I think in this time of fear and difficulty and pain, we can be filled with the Holy Spirit that says, hey, despite these circumstances, I still am living with joy. I still am filled by the Holy Spirit. I'm still acting in love. I'm still allowing my faith to, to, to be in front of everything here. A.W. Tozer said this, a frightened world needs a fearless church. Wow. A frightened world needs a fearless church. Church, that's what God is calling us to today. To be filled by the Holy Spirit. To not just believe in the Holy Spirit, or receive the Holy Spirit, but to be filled by the Holy Spirit. But I want to ask you, for instance, fear. If you're somebody that fear has just taken over your life, do you believe? Do you believe that, that God could actually 
change that to not just be where you're not filled with fear, but where you're actually bold and courageous. We all have things that scare us. We all have those moments where you just feel that sort of weight and that darkness. We all have those moments. But sometimes we're so controlled by the fear that we just don't even believe that God can do anything. We don't believe that God can change it into boldness. That he can change it into strength and power. I want to ask you, do you really believe that God can do that in your life? Because I know that he can. So you may be sitting here saying, I, I want to be filled with this, the Holy Spirit, but how? How do I do it? What's the tutorial? What's the formula? First is, is think about your motivation. What do you want God to do in your life? And why do you want him to do that in your life? Do you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit just for yourself? Or do you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit because you want God to be glorified in your life? I think when we have that motivation where it's like, I want God to be glorified, I think that gives God room to work in the way that he wants to work. And then the second thing is that it sounds so elementary, but we need to ask for it. We need to ask for it. Have you asked the Holy Spirit to fill you on a consistent basis? Do you continually ask him to fill you, to be all-consuming, to take over every part of your life? Have you asked for that? Luke eleven nine through 13, Jesus is saying this, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So today, in your home, as you're watching this, I just want to give you space to ask God for the Holy Spirit to fill you. For you not just to have the Holy Spirit, but for you to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. To be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to pray a very simple prayer, but I want to encourage you Dads, moms, what do you want for your kids? Do you want them to live lives that are explainable? That aren't dependent upon the gospel? That aren't necessary to have the Holy Spirit controlling your life? One of the good things about a time like this where we have all this time as a family and, and you're kind of limited to your own home, you get time to reprioritize and to think, what do we want our lives to be about? And I think some of you parents, I hope, will take the leadership where you say, you know what? We no longer want to live explainable lives. We want to be filled by the Holy Spirit. And listen, filling of the Holy Spirit is for every believer. So pray over your children. 
Don't just have your quiet time and expect your kids to, to pick up everything you want them to. Pray continually for them to be filled by the Holy Spirit, for them to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. So in this time where I give you this space, some of you might be by yourselves, and that's great. But some of you might be with your family, your kids. I, I, I pray that you would take this time to pray over your children, pray over your spouses, and to take this seriously. And I'm just going to do an extremely short prayer, and I'm going to give you space. And I'm going to pray this prayer. And I pray that, that as, I, as I pray this, that, that you, would, you would focus on this. Because this could be one of the most important things in your life. So take the time to gather your kids, gather your, your spouse, whoever, your roommates. Or if it's just you, just focus on you and God. And I'm going to pray this. Holy Spirit, come. Fill us today. God, we pray that our hearts would be full of you. That we'd be fulfilled in your presence. We pray for miracles and the supernatural in our lives. We pray for your love to overflow into the lives of those around us. We pray that we would be filled by your Holy Spirit. Amen.